Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 285. On Now You Know. We couldn't possibly do this show week after week without our amazing support from our Patreon patrons. No, we couldn't. Help support us, bring you independent news every week by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really great uh, perks for all of the different levels that we have, and you're helping to support the news. And we're also brought to you by bigbattery.com. No matter what you need to power, Big Battery can provide you with the latest battery tech at the best price per kilowatt hour guaranteed. Do they have a battery for my RV? Absolutely. What about my golf cart? Yep. Even boats? You bet. They provide some of the safest and most reliable lithium batteries available today, and they're made right here in the U.S. Pick up yours today at BigBattery.com and use the code NOWYOUKNOW for 10% off. Today's episode is sponsored by Ritual. It's hard to have a perfect diet every day. That's why a lot of us take a multivitamin to fill in the gaps in our diet. So I did a lot of research to find this company, Ritual because I wanted to find a multivitamin that was better. Okay, so what do you like about Ritual? Well, first of all, Ritual is committed to making their products as sustainable as possible. Like how? Well, first off, their bottle. It's made with 100% recycled materials. Even the mailers they send it in are made from recycled newsprint and plant fibers, and they even use plant-based ink. Okay, that's cool, but what about what's inside the bottle? All right, how about the fact that the omega-3s that I get from Ritual's 10 nutrient multivitamin come from vegan algal oil instead of fish oil? That saves 273 anchovies per bottle. Oh, right, because fish get their omega-3s from eating algae, and Ritual just saved a step. Why kill all these fish when you go straight to the algae for omega-3s? Exactly. Ritual is vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. And you know what I like? That they're delivered to your door for only a dollar a day? That and the fact that they're delayed release, so it's easy on your stomach. And there's a mint tab in every bottle to keep your vitamins smelling fresh. Fill in the gaps in your diet with Ritual. Ritual is offering 20% off the first month by going to ritual.com slash NYK20 and use our code NYK20 at checkout. So Joe Biden tweeted out, we're gearing up to make all 600,000 federal government vehicles electric, bringing more manufacturing jobs back to our country and building supply chains here at home. We're making Buy American a reality, not just a and uh, to that, Elon responded, <clears throat> yeah, you see, the Tesla Model 3 has become the first all-electric car of the year on Cars.com 2021 American Made Index. That's the first time an all-electric vehicle has topped the list in the 16 years that Cars.com has been making its list. Elon said, Model 3 is literally the most made-in-America car in, well, of course, America. The annual survey ranks new vehicles that contribute most to the U.S. economy based on U.S. factory jobs, manufacturing plants, and sourcing of parts, according to Cars.com. They say it's worth noting that Tesla is the only major automaker to claim 100% domestic production for all cars it sells in the U.S., well above the industry's roughly 52% average for the 2021 model year, says Kelsey Mays, assistant managing editor at Cars.com. In 2020, the Model S took the number three spot and the Model 3 took fourth place on the list with the Model X in the ninth spot. This year, the Model Y sits at number three on the list. Ford holds the number two spot with the Mustang. But it's interesting to note that the Mustang Mach-E is assembled outside the U.S. in Mexico. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to know how Cars.com does this calculation because it seems like all of Tesla's cars should be at the top of the list. Right. When they say the Ford Mustang, they don't mean the Ford Mustang Mach-E. 
Right, but that's misleading to customers because they're buying a Mustang, even though it's the Mach-E version, and that, and yet that version isn't made here. I feel like most people buying a Mustang weren't really going and looking at the Mach-E and being like, oh, well, that's a Mustang. But that's what they label it as. Right. Well, that's Ford's fault. I'm not going to blame cars.com for it. I mean, what was I going to call it? The Mustang not Mach-E? So Tesla just announced that they're celebrating their 1 millionth 4680 cell made at the Cato Road facility. So that's... Enough cells for over a thousand cars worth? Yeah, so uh, we don't know exactly what the 4680 is, but we think it's about 80 watt hours per cell. Mm -hmm. And if we do the math, that would be 80 megawatt hours of cells that they've made so far. But they were aiming for 10 gigawatt hours, and that would be 125 million cells. So, I mean, if they want to get 10 gigawatt hours, that's two orders of magnitude more cells in order to get to their goal. But I mean, the first million cells is going to be the hardest, right? And let's keep in mind that Tesla is pretty good at making it past two orders of magnitude for production of arguably much harder things to produce. So I think it's a really good sign. That's a really good point. Yeah, as, um, what's that song? Uh, the first million's the hardest. Miami is so boring. I am so confused right now. What? All right, uh, so I'll explain. We've known for a year that Elon's boring tunnel company has been in talks with Miami to build a tunnel. But now we've got a report from Business Insider of an official proposal submitted by the boring company for a 6.2 mile loop from Golden Glades Transit Center to Sunny Isles Beach at Newport Pier in Miami. So this map looks even longer than 6.2 miles. Yeah, this map includes several proposed extensions that could expand the tunnel loop, including a three-mile extension to Hard Rock Stadium and a 1.8-mile extension to Florida International University Biscayne Campus as well. According to the proposal, the Boring Company estimates that they would initially be able to carry more than 7,500 passengers per hour and could be scaled to carry more than 15,000 per hour. The estimated cost is between 185 and 220 million, and it could take less than three years to build. Keep in mind that's if they get expedited permits. But North Miami Beach Commissioner Michael Joseph said, we have a lot of traffic congestion, and this would be a way of alleviating a great deal of that traffic. He went on to say that the North Miami Beach Loop Project would be a fraction of what is seen in other types of mass transit projects proposed in South Florida, while the construction would not be as disruptive to the local economy. And he brings up a really good point. Most times when you're talking about a major construction project, you're talking about, hold it right there, we're blocking the road for the next 14 years, right. uh, you won't be getting through here. I mean, uh, I remember the big dig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, this would be a big dig, but it wouldn't be the same kind of... You know, you remember the big dig. I remember when they started the big dig before you were born. So, I mean, like, yeah, it took decades <laughs> to get the big dig done. I, I think I was 12 by the time it was done, and it was going my whole life well that's what's so amazing about this the big dig in boston mm -hmm. is a tunnel that's like it's not even 6.2 miles no. long and yet it took decades mm -hmm. here we're talking a six plus mile tunnel that could take three years well, that's amazing and it's not the reason that it's going to be so much cheaper is because you're not putting an entire uh highway underground right you're just gonna it's just going to be uh kind of like a subway but even more efficient than that in terms of capital expenditure yeah it's so innovative yeah and for those of you who are like, yeah, right, he's already done it in Las Vegas. Right. But there was that one time that there was a traffic jam. Oh, boy. <laughs> Told you, <ya, laughs> fools. So Tesla recently came out with their latest app update. So that's not for the car. This is for the Ooh, phone. Let me see yeah. what we got here. Uh, by the way, if you were wondering how to get these phone app updates, you just go to your app store on whatever device you have. You search for the Tesla app, and then you just click update if you see a little button that says update. 
This app uh, version 4.6 contains a few nice features. It has charge stats, which shows you your last 31 days of charging history and compares it to gas. So you know how much you would have been spending and you can show your friends how much money you've been saving. It should also allow Tesla insurance policyholders to submit claims right on the app. That's nice. Pretty nice. It'll also now allow for actionable notifications, which allows you to shut off the climate control or charging if you get a notification. Can you explain that one? So you know how your phone gives you a little notification and you like scroll the thing down and you go, oh, I have a notification. Sometimes on some apps you can like do something on that notification. And so in this case, uh, your Tesla app is going to have a a notification and it'll have a button below it and it'll be like, shut off the climate because it's reached whatever temperature Oh, I see, without having to open the whole app. Okay, gotcha. Now, some data miners have found some unused code which suggested that there could be future stuff. Some of that stuff includes uh, charging surveys. So how is your charging experience might be something that it asks you and then you say it was good or bad. Tesla supercharger reviews one to 10. Exactly. I see where you got that idea, Tesla. Um, Other unused code shows uh, climate keeper and camp mode. Uh, being able to be turning that on in the app. Of course, you can do that what's, in the car. What's Climate Keeper? Exactly. Most people don't know about this stuff. Basically, if you, um, I used this one time, I needed to pick up an ice cream cake and it was a 90 degree day out and Uh-oh. I knew that I had to go into the place to get the ice cream cake and then come back out to my car. Ooh. So I just, said keep the climate on it was keeping it at 40 degrees brought the ice cream cake in and i drove to the party oh but otherwise the car would have just started to warm up while you were in in the store exactly. gotcha and it seems like there's other uh, unused code that uh, could possibly offer annual subscriptions for premium connectivity and fsd in future updates yes and so that would mean you know maybe cheaper rates if you you know paid up front for the year i don't know so could be a nice thing for people who like either full self-driving or uh, premium connectivity. Now, the only thing that I wish is that this charging stats showed me older data than just 31 days or that I could download it into a into a spreadsheet because I'm a well, nerd. Maybe they're going to start offering that as the app gets older, right? Because maybe they only have the data for the past, you know, 30 days and then they're going to allow you to see more and more as time goes on. I hope so. That, that would be really cool. Because then you could see like year over year and, and all oh, that yeah, stuff. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. You know, like last January, I used uh, way more. So on February 17th, Elon Musk's attorney, Alex Spiro, wrote a three-page letter to Judge Allison Nathan, who is overseeing the SEC settlement agreement with Musk and Tesla from back in 2018. So remind me, which SEC thing is this? Because I'm losing track. This is the famous one. This is the 2018 settlement where, you know, Elon tweeted about taking the whole company private at 420. Um, and he caused Tesla shareholders to take a financial hit, according to the SEC. So uh, remember that Musk and Tesla both had to pay $20 million each as a fine into a fund administered by the SEC. Those funds were supposed to be distributed to Tesla shareholders. Um, Well, fast forward to today, and the SEC has not distributed the funds. So let's read some of Musk's letter. Dear Judge Nathan, we write to alert the court to a pattern of conduct by the Securities and Exchange Commission that has gone beyond the pale. Simply stated, the SEC has failed to comply with its promise to pay Tesla shareholders the $40 million it collected as part of the settlement in these cases and that it purports to be holding for them. Instead, 
it has been devoting its formidable resources to endless, unfounded investigations into Mr. Musk and Tesla. We are respectfully requesting that the court schedule a conference to address why the SEC has failed to distribute these funds to shareholders, but has chosen to spend its energy and resources investigating Mr. Musk's and Tesla's compliance with the consent decree by issuing subpoenas unilaterally without court approval. Without coming before the court, it has been weaponizing the consent decree by using it to try to muzzle and harass Mr. Musk and Tesla, while ignoring its court-ordered duty to remit the $40 million that it continues to hold while Tesla's shareholders continue to wait. Worst of all, the SEC seems to be targeting Mr. Musk and Tesla for unrelenting investigation, largely because Mr. Musk remains an outspoken critic of the government. The SEC's outsized efforts seem calculated to chill his exercise of First Amendment rights rather than to enforce generally applicable laws in even-handed fashion. Pursuant to the final judgments in this matter in October 2018, Mr. Musk and Tesla each paid $20 million for distribution to Tesla shareholders without moving for appointment of an agent to distribute the funds promptly. However, the SEC instead spent the next year monitoring Mr. Musk's Twitter account. Only on February 24th, 2020, nearly 500 days after Mr. Musk and Tesla deposited the funds, did the SEC at last move to establish a fair fund and appoint a tax administrator. After that, the SEC sat for nearly another 500 days before seeking to appoint a distribution agent. Once it had done so, the distribution agent failed to file any status reports with the court in 2021, in defiance of your honor's order. According to the SEC's own rules of practice, which apply in commission administrative proceedings, quote, unless ordered otherwise, the Division of Enforcement shall submit a proposed plan no later than 60 days after the respondent has turned over the funds or other assets, unquote. Here, the SEC has been in possession of funds owed to Tesla investors for more than 1,200 days, and it has yet to announce anything like a distribution plan. As such, the SEC has taken nearly 20 times longer than its specified outer limit. Despite the SEC's inattention and dereliction when it comes to paying Tesla shareholders, it has been more than energetic in going after Mr. Musk and Tesla, largely to police Mr. Musk's public pronouncements via Twitter. Mr. Musk and Tesla respectfully seek a course correction. The SEC has not once come before your honor to seek discovery concerning compliance under the consent decree. Instead, it has gone rogue and unilaterally opened its own investigations. The SEC has conducted these investigations wholly outside of this court supervision. Wow. Okay. Good letter. That was a good letter. That's only part of it. You should go read the whole three pages. <laughs> okay. So Judge Nathan ruled that the SEC had until February 24th to respond to Musk's letter. And so the SEC responded actually the next day in a letter dated February 18th. Stephen Buckholtz, the SEC's assistant regional director for enforcement, wrote a letter to Judge Nathan denying Musk's claim, saying, quote, the commission's enforcement staff have accordingly sought to meet and confer with counsel for Tesla and Mr. Musk to address any concerns regarding Tesla and Mr. Musk's compliance with the court's amended judgments. So wait, how did Elon's lawyer write up a letter that I under I felt like I understood the whole thing and it was really long. And then this SEC CC person writes a letter that's really short and I don't seem to understand a word of it. Well, I mean, I think when you get paid over $250,000 and you're a lawyer, you're good at writing sentences and no one can understand. Uh, his letter also said that the SEC is nearing completion on paying out the money to Tesla shareholders. So that's good. They were just about to pay the money. OK, that they owed them years ago. So oh, and by the way, them, I mean, us watching the show, a lot of us are Tesla shareholders. Right. So, OK. But you had to be a shareholder back in 2018, 2018 when he did the tweet. Okay, but let's just say that I had a million dollars in Tesla shares right now. Mm -hmm. Let's say so I'm a I'm a Tesla millionaire. Yeah. How much money would the settlement be worth to me? 
because it's dependent on how many shares you own. So you would take the number of outstanding shares at the time in 2018. I think that was like 800 million shares. Mm -hmm. uh, you divide that in. Basically, you'd get about 50 bucks if you're a Tesla millionaire. OK, well, I own about. 10 shares. Okay. Um, so you're, I'm very happy about. So I'm going to get how much money? I don't know, like a buck or 50 cents. I don't know. Okay. So, and this is what, this is what the SEC, because it wasn't fair to shareholders. I was the shareholder that they're trying to protect. Yes. The money that I would be receiving is going to be nothing, basically. Uh, some, my, my question actually is Elon is the biggest Tesla shareholder with about 17% stake in Tesla. So will he be getting $6.8 million or is he excluded because he's the <laughs> so one that caused the problem? Maybe I'm going to get another 6.8. Oh, cents. that's true. That's true. So the Model S, the Model X and the Model Y all have powered trunk lift gates, but not the Model 3. But now Tesla has announced that they are offering the upgrade for Model 3 owners in China. Oh, Tesla said on its official Weibo account, this is translated from Chinese, Tesla electric tailgate upgrade official service offers genuine parts and professional technician installation. The long awaited electric tailgate upgrade for existing car owners is here. We are all listening carefully to your suggestions. What after sales upgrade services do you hope Tesla will make available? We welcome you to leave your suggestions. So this upgrade will cost about 650 US dollars. Uh, that's, of course, you know, converted. Right. And I mean, now it's only available in China at the moment, but I wouldn't be surprised if it'll be available in other markets soon-ish. I don't know. A lot of things that start in China come to, you know, Europe and, and America and Australia. Like the, like the wraps. Okay. They do okay. They the do wraps haven't happened special yet. Special Tesla wraps in China and they don't they do haven't them happened. here. You're right. I don't know. I don't know. But I got to, yeah, I got to imagine it's coming soon. And I would hope that they actually add it to the car when you buy it. Like, I mean, it's just like, I don't, it's kind of a left out thing. I don't know why. And I'm assuming it's because people are starting to ask for it more. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, that's important. Now, I don't know where you leave your suggestion. Like on the Weibo account, I understand that's where you leave your suggestions in China. Here, what you just leave them on Twitter for mm -hmm. Elon. Like, I, I have to say, I am always so impressed with Tesla's China team. I, I if, hey, Tesla China team. <laughs> You want to switch countries like <laughs> just for a day? I know. Now, I know you installed a spring lift gate yourself on your Model 3. Uh, the video is here. Mm -hmm. But this is a powered lift gate. Um, so it also will close. Oh, that is a nice feature. Yeah. Yeah. As they show in the video, like, you know, you don't have to even think about it. Hey, and if you like powered lift gates, hit the like button. So our buddy Jeff Roberts tweeted this out last week. Production Model Y is ready for transport at Giga Texas. Now, Jeff, of course, has a fantastic YouTube channel. Go subscribe for awesome Giga Texas drone videos. Check this out, Jesse. 4680 structural pack model wise. I am so excited. Okay, but hang on. How do we know that these aren't just a bunch of Pontiac Aztecs? Pontiac Aztecs. Uh, well, for one thing, GM hasn't made the Aztecs since 2005. So you think they just like parked them here to store them for <laughs> the, in case the Breaking Bad comes the, back on the air and they the need final, more Waltz, Waltz vehicles. The final remaining Aztecs in the world. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, here's a photo of a couple Model Ys that are still uncovered. Is that good enough for you? You're damn right. So it looks like there's about 100 Model Ys out there and Tesla should be getting regulatory approval to deliver them any day now. And I just, you know, while we're looking at cool drone footage of Giga Texas, solar panels on the roof are getting installed, I see. Yes, that's really cool. Um, no, I mean, people must be getting so excited about the Model Ys. I mean, especially if you have if you think yours is sitting there right now. Aren't you getting worried that maybe yours isn't going to have the structural battery pack? I mean, I, these must have the structural battery pack, right? Or maybe not. I 
We don't, don't know. Uh, nobody knows. As soon as you get yours and you know it's from Giga Texas. <laughs> get a screwdriver. Get a screwdriver. <laughs> don't do that at home. Tesla news is not condoned. Use screwdrivers getting into your model Y battery. But speaking of Giga Texas, Gail tweeted out, wow, Elon, Model Y coming out of Giga Texas looks so amazing. Do y'all have a date for the Giga Fest yet? And then Elon said, April 1st. Oh, good. Let me write that down. But just kidding. <laughs> Actually, April 7th. Oh, good thing I didn't book the tickets. Yeah. <laughs> good joke there, Elon. Grill. April Fools. April 1st is officially March 32nd forever. Um, but that brings up a good question. And Zach from Black Model 3 asked it, will invites be sent out? Yeah. Is Tesla going to do what they did at Giga Berlin? Open up the invitation requests online and then choose based on your, your like geography and randomness? I mean, I would love to go, but I don't want to take someone else's golden ticket. You've got the last golden ticket. The kids found the last golden ticket. And I think this is part of the problem. Uh, if you want to start booking a trip to go to Giga Fest, you're going to have to start thinking how to get there unless you live in Austin. And uh, most of us like to book our tickets and hotels a few weeks in advance. But like, first of all, he's kind of notorious for bumping the date. And secondly, if we don't know you can get in, like, I don't want to go take someone else's place in line so like yeah like i don't know i just i feel like again this is where a pr department might be nice because then they'd have a whole plan of how to release this event sure as opposed to plan i, I think the plan was plan? people at tesla were going oh crap it's april 1st no i mean it's <laughs> april 7th uh it's, it's fine you just i mean uh, they're just gonna have a big barbecue so I think it'll work out. I think that Austin, Texas is the one place where it's definitely going to work out. I hope you're right. But I think the place to talk about this is Cybertruck Owners Club. They sponsor the show and they have a crowdsource reservation tracker where you can update and find your place in line for your truck. Talk about community news, discussions, and all the Cybertruck stuff, including GigaFest, I'm sure is going to be talked about a lot over there. So I saw that you and Ethan had reviewed a kid's scooter over on Now Let's Review channel this week. Yeah, e-scootering doesn't just have to be for adults and big kids. Little kids can get out there and ride. So this is the MacWheel E9 Pro. And in this review, uh, my niece, your cousin Janae, was enjoying riding around the neighborhood on it. Seems like a great scooter for kids. Yeah, you'll have to check out our video for the full review. But yeah, no, the price is rather surprising. And it, it could be just the ticket for that 6 to 12 year old on your list. And I mean, I think we've all been cooped up in the house quite a bit. <laughs> and uh, e-scooters are a fun way to get outside, get some fresh air. They're not too fast. They're fun. And I mean, the lights on the E9, those that's really cool. So according to a public SEC document, Elon Musk donated $5.7 billion to charity last year. Oh, wow. Good for him. No, not good for him. W what's the matter? We don't know which charity he donated to. So what? You don't have to tell the public what you do with your money. This is a government document saying that he did. We shouldn't have to play his guessing game. It's a matter of public interest where the money is going because the scale is so large. And he might have just put it in a DIF. What's a DAF? A donor advised fund. It lets you put your assets into a tax sheltered fund to grow tax free. Right. But it's not your money at that point. Everything coming out of the fund goes to charity. It's not even that uncommon. You could set one up tomorrow if you wanted to. But he doesn't even have to give it to anyone. What? Haven't you been reading the news? He might not have even given any money to anyone yet. That's not the point of that kind of fund. Okay, let's take a step back. We don't know if the money is in a DAF or if he donated it to his foundation or a different charity. And that's okay. Elon has the right to not disclose that publicly. It's between him and the charities and the IRS. 
Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people are getting bent out of shape because they were just hoping, you know, oh, great, he's donated money. How can we attack him next? Well, we're going to find out whatever charity he's donated to, and we're going to make sure that that charity sucks. We're going to tell everyone that that charity... Because could you imagine if he was like, oh, I donated it to XYZ charity, and then it would be like, well, actually, uh, that charity wastes a whole bunch of money, Elon. What were you thinking, Elon? What a terrible choice. It could have been any charity. Yeah, this shows you that all the shaming of Elon about that you don't pay any taxes, you don't pay and taxes. you're a billionaire. You could solve and world you, hunger. Oh, and, yeah. and look, I mean, the cool part is, if you look at the SEC filing, he changed the ownership of the stock to what, whoever, we don't know who, which is awesome, actually, because that means that whatever it's in, a DAF or a charity, has Tesla stock in it. So not just $5 billion of cash, $5 billion of Tesla stock, which if you think we're right, is going up in value. A. B. Five f***ing billion dollars. I mean, yeah. come on. And again, there's no rule that says that you have to go on Facebook and tell everyone where you... I just donated $20 right. to the this or that. You don't have to do that. I mean, you, you can, and by all means, go ahead. You should. It might get more people to donate, but he doesn't have... He just donated $5 billion. Now, I mean, the Elon Musk Foundation has already donated a ton of money to different uh, charities. Um, they did the, the Flint water filtration system. Yeah, in Michigan, yeah. Um, and they did that quietly, by the way. Right. You probably didn't hear about that one. Um, they've done... Well, you heard about it on this show. You've heard about it, of course. Uh, down in Boca Chica, they're they're putting money into the school systems there. Really meaningful uh, donations. You know what? What? He's probably wasting a lot of his money building out expensive websites for his charity. Let's go to it right now. This is... I'm not kidding. That right there, you can go to it. It's the Musk Foundation's website. Yeah, he Musk probably... MuskFoundation.org. And you might be going, well, this must be some kind of joke. No, this is like Elon's thing. When he like wants to make a website, he doesn't pay anybody. No. He just makes a little HTML text document and he just puts it up there. So there's no links. There's no picture. I was like, oh, good. I could find like a Musk Foundation logo. There's right. no such thing. He didn't waste any money That's on that. That's what I'm talking Like this is kind of the cool part about Elon. Yeah. Where he doesn't care about the optics. Now, that, that that can come back to bite him from time to time. But I would argue that, again, no matter what he does, there are going to be some people. There's going to be haters. Who are not going to like what he did. Yep. And somehow they don't like that he donated $5.7 billion. Now, we know that he did it. He He's basically had to tell the SEC, and that is a public thing. Now, you know, he has to tell the IRS, and the IRS doesn't tell anybody because right. it's private. Well, unless you'll see later in the show, unless you're <laughs> certain politicians who leak his IRS forms, sure. and I don't know how they got them. Right. I do want to point out this SEC filing does let us know a little bit. It lets us know that Elon now owns about 17% of Tesla stock. It's been going up and down over the years, but this seems to be the current accurate number. Right. Now, even if it is in a donor advised fund, it doesn't mean that he can funnel the money back to himself or anything like that. Nope. You're going to hear a lot of people go, well, maybe he's going to do that. Do you think that the IRS is really going to be like, oh, whatever you want to put it in, Elon? They... Yeah, I just want to point out, just because you and I may not have heard of it much, uh, rich people do this all the time. It's just a part of the tax code. And here's the part that really makes me mad. People are picking on Elon because of what he can do as a billionaire. Um, this is the tax code for all of us in the United States. So if this, you don't like it, if you don't like we it, should change it. Yeah, and which is fine. We can change it. But like he's just following the rules. On February 11th, an article out of the Chinese province of Lao 
Ning's official WeChat account came out, claiming that they were actively preparing to work with Tesla to build a new gigafactory there. Just three days later, Tesla denied that there were any plans for a factory in Shenyang, and the original article was taken down. But you know what they didn't deny? What? A new Chinese Gigafactory. Now, this isn't the first time that there are rumors about deals being made for another Gigafactory. Back in November, there were supposed deals made with three other cities whose locations were all denied. Now, this goes back to what you said last week, that Tesla is looking for a new Gigafactory location. Right. I mean, Tesla's brand in China is really strong. They're exceeding production targets at Shanghai last year. A Tesla Gigafactory looks even more desirable for competing Chinese cities which means even better deals for Tesla. And so you might be saying, what do you mean deals? The reason that the Gigafactory in Shanghai got built in Shanghai was because Shanghai offered the most, you know, incentives. And they can do this by basically waiving taxes or, you know, saying we'll do this or that or helping you in in many different ways that a city or a province can. Right. Yeah. It's very common in the United States for one city or state to offer incentives to get a company to move there. Same thing in China. Right. And the same thing happened in the United States. Uh, You remember between Tulsa and Austin and of course, Austin won. uh, The same thing could be happening in China as we speak. Yeah. So here's something a lot of you Aptera fans are going to want to see a drag race between the Aptera Noir, which is their alpha version, a Tesla Model 3, an Audi R8 GT Spider, and an Aptera Beta. Now, it looks like the Aptera Beta beat the Audi by a hair. Now, we don't know anything about the Audi or the Model 3. Was it a performance Model 3 or rear-wheel drive? We don't know. Um, and the Aptera was a heck of a lot lighter <laughs> of a vehicle. Um, but it does showcase how cool these cars are going to be. And disclaimer, Jesse and I are invested in Aptera. We believe in what Chris and Steve, the co-CEOs, are doing. They could be delivering to their earliest pre-order customers later this year. And if you'd like to reserve your Aptera, feel free to use our link below to save $30 off your $100 refundable reservation. Yeah, I can't wait to get ours. I mean, maybe later this year? Who knows? And then if we do get it, are we going to drag it uh, versus a Model 3? (laughs) Drag it versus whatever, man. (laughs) So according to UK-based technology research firm Juniper Research, EV home charger revenue is going to continue to grow with the number of households charging at home with a wall box charger worldwide topping 21 million by 2026. That is a 390% expected growth over the next few years. Now, I don't know how accurate their research is, but I've been looking for this number for quite a while. Juniper claims that 2 million households charged their EVs with a wall box and spent $1.8 billion on those wall boxes in 2021. It sounds right. Like I did a little math. There's about 6 million EVs on the road worldwide. Okay, so 2 million of those people have wall boxes. That sounds about right. So yeah, this could be a correct number. Juniper expects that the revenue is going to reach $5.5 billion in 2026. So I am so fascinated by this trend, and I want to hear from electricians. Yeah, there's so many cool things that are happening in the world of sustainability that electricians have a direct <laughs> contact with. Um, and the weird thing is I'm a contractor, building contractor, mm-hmm. so I do talk to a lot of people in the industry. And when I talk to a lot of electricians, and this is no dig on you personally yeah. if you are you know, in the know. But most of the electricians I talk to are like, what's an EV charger? (laughs) What's a battery? So for you electricians out there watching, I know that there are some of you, we have a Google form down below because we want to hear from you. Um, We want to pick your brain and you guys could be anywhere in the world. I don't care if you're from Germany or if you're from the United States. We want to talk to you and figure out what's going on. 
If you are selected, um, we will be holding a video call with some of you to find out more about your trade and your experiences and forecasts for what is coming. So if you make your living as an electrician, please fill out our quick and easy form. The link is down below and we may be in touch. Now it's time for Into the Future, brought to you by Henson Shaving. So you've brought Henson up a lot on the show. Uh, is this one of those shaving subscription things? No, this is an impeccably engineered and machined shaver that you can buy. It can use any kind of double-edged razor blade on earth. There's no subscription. And, you know, even the cheapest blades are insanely sharp. Or you could get the super fancy diamond encrusted ones. Uh, chances are it will still be cheaper than shaving with the cartridge razor. Now you can get 100 blades for free by using the discount code now you know when picking up one of these Henson products. Autoflight, an R&D eVTOL startup based in Shanghai, China, has just demonstrated their Prosperity One electric eVTOL, completing a vertical takeoff, transitioning to forward flight with wings, and then landing autonomously with its eight rotors again. The eVTOL weighs 3,300 pounds and achieved an airspeed of 120 miles an hour. Autoflight will continue developing its proof-of-concept Prosperity One and expects to begin manned flights in Europe in 2025, where they've begun setting up manufacturing and testing in Germany. Now, EV toll flights are going to be a big deal when they get to maturity, and uh, we'd love to know your thoughts, so please comment down below. Yeah, I think this is one of those industries where it just seems like science fiction until one day and you're like, wait, Grandma, you got here on an EV toll? Now, I mean, Elon doesn't really like them. What do you mean he doesn't like them? He doesn't like flying cars. Well, these aren't flying cars. These are flying, you know, uh, I don't know what you call them. Drony things. Drony things. How'd you get here, Grandma? It was a flying drony thing. All right, time for Going Green, brought to you by EcoWare. And just in time for St. Patrick's Day, you can get some some green items over on EcoWare. Uh, we also have a large selection of other items. And they are super green, by the way, because they are carbon negative. I mean, we offset everything you buy there, but then also we make it carbon negative by planting trees and capping oil wells. All right, so the Canadian town of Bridgewater in Nova Scotia has just voted last week to purchase a Tesla Model 3 as a police car. The Model 3 will cost the town 72,207 Canadian dollars. That's why it sounds so expensive. It's Canadian dollars. Uh, Bridgewater Mayor David Mitchell says, definitely not a showpiece. It's going to be a working car, so it'll have some patrol functionality. Our school liaison officer will use it. Other specialized teams within the police department will use it. Mitchell said that his 15-year-old daughter also suggested that the vehicle could make it easier for officers assigned to schools. Yeah, Mitchell said, you have a school liaison officer rolling up to a high school in a Tesla. The kids are going to come out to him or her. They're going to have questions. They're going to want to see the car. They're going to want to talk about it. So you're already building that relationship with young people. And I think if you want to talk about dollars, to me, that's almost priceless. And I love this. I love when politicians get it, that it's not just about what you spend on the car. It's the pricelessness, the thing you can't put money numbers on. Mm -hmm. Pulling up in a Tesla is an awesome idea. Way to go, Bridgewater. All right, it's time for Sunspots. The Iowa Senate Agricultural Committee on Tuesday advanced Bill SF2127 that would restrict where solar panels can be placed. Well, I mean, that makes sense, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to put solar panels on, say, I don't know, like a place where you could hurt somebody if they fell. I mean, I can't really think of a place where you shouldn't. Put no, no, solar. no. You see, under this bill, solar panels can only be installed on farmland with a corn suitability rating of 65 or lower. You can <laughs> tell this is an Iowa thing. Wait, hang on. Hang on. You mean to tell me that if I'm a farmer in Iowa, this bill will tell me what I can farm? 
No, no, you can plant any crop you want. You just can't install solar panels unless your land is unsuitable for corn. What the f***? Well, this is Iowa. They're known for corn, apparently, not solar panels. No, no, I I get that, but uh, you own the land. It's your land. You're the farmer. Can't you put solar panels? Can't you farm for the sun as much as you can farm for corn? Yeah. Environmental groups like the Iowa Environmental Council and the Iowa chapter of the Sierra Club, as well as energy companies like Invenergy and MidAmerican, oppose this bill. But I mean, what is the rationale for this bill? I mean, I know the answer. It's to slow down solar, but. okay, here it is. Uh, Republican state senator Dan Zumbach, the chair of the Senate Agricultural Committee, said that the bill isn't intended to stop solar from expanding in Iowa. Rather, it's about showing respect to farmland. Look, Senate Minority Leader Zach Walls said he doesn't support the bill and neither do we. Iowans. If you want clean, cheap, renewable energy and you want the freedom to decide what you do with your land, then contact your legislators at the link below and tell them how you feel. That's the only way we're going to stop this bullshit from happening. And if you'd like to put solar on your building, because I think they haven't outlawed it yet, reach out to our friends at Energy Pal. They'll help you answer all your questions, figure out the cheapest way to do it, and they'll do it for free. Tell them that Zach and Jesse sent you. Oh, and the link is down below. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. Remember, we need your stories. Send your two-minute stories to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Make sure that it's shot in landscape, no music, good audio, and let's see what we got this week. What do we got? We got this from Edwin. Hey, Zach and Jesse, my retired dad converted a Kubota riding mower just to see if he could. He's also done a hydraulic log splitter. He has no training, and he used to be an ER doctor. Let's check it out. dad and this is his converted electric Kubota mower now lead me through here what, what kind of motor you purchased off the internet it's an ME 1909 that people put in go-karts and got your four 12 volt lead acid batteries or is it AGM? Absorbed glass mat batteries. All right. So they don't slosh around, nor do they require additional water. All right. It's the motor controller. Okay. So that I have a switch in the front of the machine that turn it off and on. Which this guy's mounted here. And then a twist grip throttle to adjust the (laughs) energy going to the motor. So this is awesome. (laughs) Okay. All right. Cool. All right, do you want to pull it out and show me how it okay. works? Okay, so we're, we're picking up from the first video I shot here. Dad's on his uh, converted electric lawnmower. So describe to me what we've got going on here. Here are the voltage meters for each of the four batteries. Okay. So I can know how each one is doing individually or if they're doing well or they're failing. Okay, that's fantastic. And then as before, we've got the fancy on-off switch, yes. which allows you to then activate your dead man switch up here. And this is spring loaded. So okay. If I let go, doesn't do anything. Everything stops. Right, okay. Everything stops. So the Tesla has put itself in park. And as I squeeze the throttle, turn the throttle, the motor goes faster and faster. Okay. That's fantastic. I'm using an old Hydraulic transmission from the mower. It runs the wheels 
Okay, let's see it in action. Okay, so what what do you so you, you, there's no predictability. We went from 12.3 or 12.4 volts down to 12.2. Yes. Or so. Yes. Gotcha. After about a minute or so, that'll be interesting. You gotta tell me. <laughs> wow, dude, that is awesome. <laughs> Way to go. Uh, I love. I really do like the the light switch. Uh, it's perfect. It's listen. It's a switch. <laughs> it's supposed to turn on lights. No, it's it's supposed to handle like up to twenty amps or something. Right. So I'm totally down with that. That's awesome. Can't wait to see what else you can convert. Yeah. All right. It's time for our Patreon bonus stories. Uh, one of our Patreon bonus stories this week is going to be free on the Now You Know Clips channel. If you don't know about that channel, it's where we put some of our stories chopped up into little bite-sized pieces so you can watch them or share them with your friends easily. Um, we ask that you subscribe for free to the Clips channel. Uh, but also this week, we got the Tesla Cybertruck. We got CNBC's full self-driving hit piece. Giga Texas's sneak peek leak. And a whole lot more for our patrons who support this show. Why? Because we love you. Head over to patreon.com slash now you know and support us for just a buck a month to get access to all these Patreon bonus stories. See you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. That's where we give our heart and soul to our Patreon. <laughs> yes. So thank you for supporting us. Who do we got this week? We've got Martin Ernie. Wayne Allen. Margaret Winship. Jonathan Zalesny, Brent Beaver, Endless, Craig Benson, Cliff Cords, Sergeant Chili Dog, John Dean, Adrian Gabriel Gramada, Mark French, Paul, Ty Zorner, Art Morabian, J.S., Keith Moss, Light Owl, Blake Thompson, Mikkel Jensen and Nana Toft, Lawrence Wersboski, Peter, Matthew, Joseph Montana. This is another case where we get a Peter and a Matthew. Uh, it's kind of weird. Don't you think? Who are you talking about? Remember last week we had the Beatles, you know, we had John and Paul. Uh -huh. Now we got Peter and Matthew. Not ringing a bell for me. <laughs> All right, it's time for Elon's tweets. Oh, who was it? <laughs> from the Bible, like biblical names back oh, to back. What? Oh, that's not even, that doesn't make any sense. <gasps> People are named after Bible characters? No, but I mean, back to back, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of such a, John, Paul, <laughs> Paul? <laughs> George? I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought it was another band. So Jared Isaacman tweeted and Elon retweeted, exciting time in commercial space flight. Polaris program will undertake a series of tech demo missions culminating in first flight of Starship. Thankful to Team SpaceX, Polaris directors, and my amazing crew. And uh, guess who's, look, look who's part of his crew? Yeah, can I just take a minute to fangirl over uh, Sarah Gillis? Yeah, um, she was I'm, now if you know what we're talking about, go watch the Inspiration 4 mission on Netflix. You will then know who she is. I'm so excited that she's actually going to be flying this time. So exciting. She so deserves it too and she knows everything. So, 
Like these missions are going to be cool. I mean, they start with Dragon and then they're going to end up in Starship. So what? Congratulations to all members of the crew. I'm so excited to see you guys launch. Elon tweeted out over 250,000 Starlink user terminals. That's a lot of user terminals. <laughs> yeah. Sam tweeted out that he's getting these great speeds in Australia with the Starlink. Elon says, system is working well in Australia and New Zealand. Then Serene said, when Africa, Elon? Elon says, announcements coming soon. Nice. That could be really great. Terrence said, breaking, democracy has died today in Canada. Justin Trudeau is authorizing banks to unilaterally freeze accounts of truckers and people who support the truckers on the basis of suspicion alone. No court order required with legal immunity. Liv said, and all for a disease that is now two times the IFR of flu. Elon said, election time will be interesting. Elon said, this will be real in our lifetime. And it shows, of course, the future Starship mission to Mars. That's really exciting. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, hey, Twitter support, can you do something about this crap? Everyone on crypto Twitter is getting spam added to these obvious scam lists en masse. And it's super irritating for everyone. Thanks. Elon said, agreed. This has been broken for a long time. Yeah, a long time. And yeah, like I forever. Just, can I just say, uh makes Twitter completely unusable. So, yeah, uh, I've never enjoyed Twitter. And I've basically only been reading Elon's tweets largely for this reason. Sawyer Merritt said, news, ExxonMobil, Chevron, and Toyota accused of being the biggest corporate influencers that are blocking action against global warming. This ABC story. Elon said, no way. Yeah, uh, we've been telling you this for years. And Elon said, some car makers are trying hard. I wonder what car makers those are. Bill Lee said, Munger says he is proud of having not invested in cryptocurrency, said it should be banned and likens it to a venereal disease. Elon said, I was at a lunch with Munger in 2009 where he told the whole table all the ways Tesla would fail. Made me quite sad, but I told him I agreed with all those reasons and that we would probably die, but it was worth trying anyway. And yes, it was worth trying anyway. Jim Cramer says, Elon, I often wonder, how could you persevere in the face of this level of negativity from people? I was skeptical until I drove one. Elon says, product is greater than marketing. Anyone on say the Plaid Model S and X are sublime. Pranay said, thank you, Elon, for pouring your heart, sweat, and tears into making Tesla and SpaceX. Wasn't an easy journey, lots of ups and downs, but thank you for never giving up and trying to make this world a better place. For that, my hat's forever off for you. Elon said, high pain threshold. Look at that cute Elon. Shibatoshi said, having your political tribe dictate every single random preference and opinion you have about every single thing is a pretty darn boring way to live. Elon says, absolutely. Elon then tweeted out, so amazing that we decompress from a single cell to over 30 trillion cells. So that's, uh, that's life, baby. A little... <laughs> and Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, the odds of being born are about one in 400 trillion. Elon said, lucky bastards we are. And Lex Friedman said, and a nearly infinite number of organisms lived and died to contribute to the genetic code that led to that one cell. We are all programmers developing future life forms together. Elon said, we are a mobile cell colony. And Billy said, the best is yet to come. Team humanity. Elon said, team humanity. Holmar's catalog said, friends and followers, I would not lie to you. I'm not trying to trick you to make money on stonks or something. My life is software and everything I know is telling me FSD beta will be 10 times bigger than Model 3 was. And even Tesla bulls don't get it. And Elon Musk said, indeed. Uh, 10 times? <laughs> I think it's more <laughs> than that, buddy. 10 times, come on. <laughs> Noah said, FSD is still on track for Canada in February? Elon said, yes. And then Elon retweeted out SpaceX's tweet of launch and catch tower at Starbase, destacking the Starship. Check that out, huh? Mm, that's a that's not like um, a CGI video. That's a real video. Yeah. I remember when I was a kid and I wanted a toy crane. This is this makes a a real crane look like a toy crane. 
Pernay said SpaceX is single-handedly making humans incredibly excited about the future. Elon said we have a very talented team. And then, of course, we get some dad jokes. He tweeted out the phone booth joke, and he said, I'm dropping a new album. I think it'll reach number two. Tesla Silicon Valley said the Tesla takeover tickets are officially open August 6th, 2022 at the Madonna Inn. We're inviting some of the top Tesla influencers and we will have a customized Tesla section. Sign up for early tickets. Um, and then Elon said probably. And then he tweeted out Cybertruck. So does that mean he'll probably be there or Cybertruck will probably be there? Should we be there? I don't know. Holmar's catalog said, are you using Starlink right now? Elon says, yes, in the air. Tesla East Bay Club said, how soon until other aircraft can use it? Elon says, depend mostly on FAA certification, but hopefully within six months. We're testing on Gulf Streams to debug issues, but deployment priority is commercial airliners. Ooh. John Carmack said, the old guard launch companies are on no trajectory to catch up to SpaceX. Continued denial is likely behavior, but it would be fun if they accepted it and took a hard turn away from conventional and tried some crazy Plan C behavior. Rotovators, SSTOs, heck, Space Orion maybe? Elon said, are they even trying? Not much evidence of it, but I'm sure there are signs of life buried somewhere. There are still smart people and resources that could be deployed better if leadership decided to. Elon said, true. Sawyer Merritt said, for 2021, Elon will be paying the single largest tax bill of any individual in history, over $11 billion. And this is in response to Senator Warren saying that Elon paid no tax in 2018. Elon said, well, I'll visit the IRS next time I'm in D.C. just to say hi. Since I paid the most taxes ever in history for an individual last year, maybe I can have a cookie or something. Jonah Kreider said she still owes an apology for spreading lies, though. She funded a Facebook ad campaign basically claiming that Elon doesn't pay taxes and asked her supporters for money. She owes him an apology. Elon said the only reason I didn't pay federal tax in 2018 is because I overpaid in 2017. Since they stole my tax records, they actually know that. Ms. America said, how can I feel good about bringing my kids into the world given climate change? They're going to suffer badly. Elon said they will be fine. And then Bennett said, Elon, could Model 3 and Y owners with acceleration boost upgrade, get track mode, or at least a traction control disable function would be helpful for some of us who want to track our cars. Thanks. Elon said, okay. So this would be for like Model 3 and Y long range owners that got the acceleration, acceleration boost. boost, which is a software unlock. Now they would get traction control? And possibly even track mode. Hmm. I mean, there's no reason why they don't have that. But then... What's the difference between that and a Model 3 performance? Or are you just paying the difference? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. All right, so we had a poll this week. What was it? Should Elon disclose where his $5.7 billion charitable donation went? And the large majority of people said, I would love to know. But at the end of the day, it's completely up to him. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, you can send your uh, stories and pictures and thoughts into hello at nowyouknowchannel.com and maybe we'll put them on the air. Harry in the UK said he had the privilege of driving one of the first Model Ys in the country at Tesla's sales delivery center at the Trafford Center in Manchester. He spoke to an employee after the test drive and he was saying that it would make sense that all Teslas here in the UK would come from Shanghai as they already make cars with right-hand steering wheels for Asia and Australian markets. He asked if we think Berlin will ever make cars for the UK and Ireland. Um, they might. I don't, I mean, it's a lot less shipping. It is. Uh, and he said, P.S. I love your videos and I've been watching weekly ever since 2020. Your interviews on the Disruptive Investment Channel inspire me a lot. Keep it up. Well, thanks, Harry. 
Corey writes to tell us, I was driving to the store a few weeks ago and noticed my neighbor was building a structure. At first glance, I thought it was a chicken coop. Not too tall and made of chicken wire. Pretty straightforward, right? I drove by a week or so later and saw their Chevy Bolt parked in the unfinished separate Bolt garage. I guess if Chevy ever gets around to fixing their Bolts, they have a great start on a chicken coop. Until then, it is a Bolt coop. Had to share. You can't make this up. What? No. No, 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 no. So I guess what? they didn't want to pay Vinny's ridiculous prices and decided to build their own bolt bunker or coop bunker. It's a chicken coop? It's a Chevy bolt coop. What? I don't know. I need I need more information. <laughs> I need more. You need to tell. You got to keep us updated. Maybe it's so you can roast things on is it. Is it just going to be? Is it going to be a garage? No, it's. Doesn't... Is it a Faraday cage? What the? It, what? I don't know. Don't know. You, I please, please, pl Corey, you have to tell <laughs> Go us. Go talk to your neighbor. What? John sent us this photo of a wrapped Model 3 near the supercharger in Boise, Idaho. And check out this Tesla. You'll never guess where it is. I don't know. Nathan writes to us and says, my name is Nathan. I'm 14 year old student from Barbados. My parents went out yesterday and spotted this blue Tesla Model X. This is super rare because there are only three Teslas in the entire island. It's 166 square mile island. I've seen two of them, this one and a white Model X, and I hope to see the third one soon. It's great to see that in a small island like mine, people are still passionate enough to buy a Tesla despite the crazy shipping fees and the import taxes. Wow. Brad spotted this lucid air on the New Jersey Turnpike. That is a lucid air. First time seeing one in person. Today's February 9th, 2022. It's got a California temp tag on the back and uh, it looks pretty nice. Now you know. Thanks, Brad, for the awesome reporting from the field. That's awesome. Steve spotted this cool orange Model 3 near the Portland, Oregon airport. And Frank from Monrovia, California wrote to say, Hey, Zach and Jesse, I thought I'd let you know that I reserved for next week, February 28th, a few days in a Hertz Model 3 with unlimited supercharging at only $70 a day at this Hertz local edition in El Monte, California. That's a lot cheaper than LAX, which gets like well over $100 a day. Yeah, Frank, definitely make a video about your experience with the Hertz rental. I want to know like... Do the employees know anything about it? Do they give you the wrong information? Supercharge, are there any other charging apps that you can use? All right, it's time for supercharger reviews. But before we do, let's look at some beautiful superchargers. This is actually a destination charger, but this is at the Kennedy Space Center. Yeah, we've been there. And I don't think when we were there, they had, well, we did charge there. So maybe they had like they, one. Yeah, no, I think they had this. They had this? Yeah. Maybe not this many, though. This is a lot. All right, so let's see what we got for supercharger reviews this week. Hello, Zach and Jesse. I'm standing here in front of the Tesla Supercharger Station in Kingsville, Texas, near Corpus Christi. There's eight stalls here, 150 kilowatt. Uh, we have a Holiday Inn Express, nice clean restrooms. There's a Starbucks down the street, Hampton Inn across the street, Chick-fil-A, Wendy's, Whataburger, uh, good stuff. I give this a seven out of 10, uh, so now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, it's Pete and Tom coming back to you from uh, our journey across America to, let me see, what this must be like the 11th charging station. We lost count, sorry. Uh, anyway, we are in Spearfish, South Dakota. A lot of spearfishing happening in South Dakota, apparently. Uh, they even named a town after it. We are, uh, we're about 10 miles out of Deadwood, where we stayed last night. A lot of casinos and gambling. It's a, a fun sort of place. Not the best place for family, but it's very picturesque and, and a very interesting town. Um, anyway, the um, we're at the uh, the sixth char, the sixth stall uh, station uh, here in Spearfish, and. Uh, 
Here is a Phillips 66 with a, with a Mini Mart right there. Uh, and outside of that, uh, we basically don't see much of anything at all. There's just uh, the regular kind of town stuff, no restaurants, no no nothing. What would you call this? What, what, how would you how would you rate this uh, this stop time? Oh, four out of ten. There's a good view, but like there's not very much there. Four out of ten plus one for the view, or, or uh, your no, four just, is just, including the view. Yeah. Okay. Because like way up there, there's some like mountains off in the distance, but uh, the the drive is phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and we're on our way up to Devil's Tower right now, which we're really looking forward to seeing. Beautiful state, and uh, we will miss it. We're on to Montana now, and uh, that's it, right? Yeah. So six stall. <laughs> Spearfish, South Dakota, we're giving it a four. And that includes the view. All right, now you know. Bye. Hi, Jack and Jesse. We are taking one of our many trips across the state of Pennsylvania on the turnpike. Sorry for all the noise. And uh, just recently, there have been two sets of version 3 superchargers installed on the north and south Somerset uh, service plazas. Um, this is uh, just about an hour east of the city of Pittsburgh. So for those traveling westbound like we are today, there are eight version three superchargers on the North Somerset Plaza. And then for those traveling eastbound, there are eight more version three superchargers, which I don't think I can see right now. So the service plaza is open about 24 hours a day, I think, um, but not all the uh, restaurants inside, like the Starbucks and Lloyd Rogers, 7-Eleven. I don't think everything's open 24 hours, but uh, the plaza itself is open. Um, I, there are many restrooms, um, there are family restrooms. I would probably just give this a 8 out of 10, super fast, super convenient, super chargers. Uh, see what I did there? And uh, just, you know, it would be nice if they had some healthier options for eating, but uh, it's a turnpike rest stop, so. Anyway, thanks for doing what you do, now you know. Hey Zach and Jesse, it's Luke here. I'm here at the new 250 kilowatt six bay Tesla supercharger in Karanup, Perth, Western Australia. Uh, this is the second uh, Tesla supercharger in the state, um, which is good because it's finally, there's one within range of my house. Uh, so it's in the freshly renovated um, and expanded Karanup shopping center uh, with hundreds of specialty stores, um, uh, food places, as well as a new, uh, cinema that's being built, as well as a restaurant district. So I would give it an 8 out of 10 in the meantime, but when everything's finished, it should be a 10 out of 10 location. Back to you. Hello, Zach. Hello, Jesse. Uh, well, I'm here at Boca Chica Beach, and guess what? There are no Tesla superchargers here. But we do have something even better. We have a Starship. Hey, that's not a supercharger. It is cool, though. Well, I mean, wait till they open one there. I know, right? I guess we'll allow it. Curtis, but uh, the judges have voted. It's it's a it's okay. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, what do we got for new superchargers this week? We've got number two hundred seventy one in Canada, the twelve stall at Chilliwack at Luckacuck Way in British Columbia. God, I was gonna fight you for this one. That's the best <laughs> name I've ever heard. Uh, the twelve stall in Union City, California. Number one hundred fifteen in Germany is the sixteen stall at Kleinostheim, Germany. Number nine in New Hampshire, the twelve stall in Concord, New Hampshire. Number 83 in Florida, the 8th stall at Venice, Florida. The 8th stall in Culver City on Washington Street in California. Number 10 in Alabama is the 8th stall at Cottondale, Alabama. 
And number 271 in California, number 1285 in the U.S., number 3280 in the world is the 26 stall in Santa Monica, California. This is the one we've been seeing being built for a few weeks now. There you go. That is super exciting. Uh, I thought I'd bring back comment of the week. Remember when we used to do this? Yes. Uh, we talk about a comment of the week. This is one of our Patreon comments. Shri said, lately, some of your criticism of Tesla seems a little over the top. Don't mistake me. I do want you to put out genuine issues, but suggesting that they don't know to test their vehicles in cold weather is unfair. There's plenty of evidence to believe they have been testing thoroughly in cold climates. With their continuous innovation and improvements, some unexpected issues in some vehicles are bound to happen, not unlike with every other car manufacturer. No test is going to be as extensive as the real world. That's why vehicles years into production run get recalls. Tesla has the additional challenge of constantly tweaking their product and trying to do that with minimal hardware. Occasionally, a few unexpected issues are bound to happen. Remember that we don't hear much about all the situations where it is working perfectly. And I think you have a really good point, Sri. Um, I think what you're talking about is largely we're talking about uh, things to do with cold weather and melting snow and ice. And I am probably on a very far end of an extreme. I do not garage my vehicle. You do not either. A lot of people just stick their car in a nice, cozy garage. And if you wake up in the morning, most of these problems wouldn't be there. I come out in the morning. My car is sometimes in the winter covered with ice. Now, every car is covered with ice here in New England, but when I used to go out to my other ice vehicles <laughs> and I would open the door, um, there was no glass that had to be coming down for me to open the door, right? So I could just yank on that handle until the door would open. With a Tesla, first of all, usually you can't even get the handle to open until you crack all the ice. But even when you do, you have to make sure that that window comes down. And I got to say, a lot of times I got to take... Something I've either got to scrape or I got to get a you know a hair dryer and warm that up before the window will go down. Right, and now you you can precondition your car for the morning. Right, you can have it so that it's been heating up for quite a while. But a lot of times can, that area will not melt. I mean, I'm sorry, I've done it. I've I've warmed up my car a lot, but if the conditions are right, uh, that part won't melt and the door won't open. It takes about an hour in freezing cold conditions, and the colder it is, the more impossible it becomes impossible at a certain temperature. I don't exactly know where that temperature. And then the is. second thing that I've pointed out before is when you're driving along, sleet and snow catches on the front of your car. There are little ultrasonic sensors there. They some of them do have like I think they have little heaters there, but. When you get enough sleet and snow, they're blocked. And so recently I went to the airport at night. It was snowing and all my sensor, it was like, you can't use autopilot. Why? Because those were covered with snow. All I ask is that uh, Tesla put some warming strips or something that takes care of this problem. Right. I think that what you're saying is true. They bring the cars up to Alaska. They do you know, bring them to cold places and drive them around test tracks, I, I would argue. but they don't live with them there. I would argue that there are so many different climates in the world, and I, and I completely understand that you you know you want to test in some of the coldest conditions. So Alaska is a perfect choice, uh, but Alaska doesn't get uh, the kind of stupid, ridiculous weather that we get. It was sixty degrees the other day. Today it was eighteen. Uh, tomorrow it's going to be sixty again, and then it's going to go back down to twenty three the next day, and it's going to snow. This is crazy. Um, and yeah, it's it's hard to design a vehicle that would work for this. But and Tesla isn't terrible when it comes to this. All we're suggesting is that if they did have a heated uh, add-on, and it could be very expensive. It would take care of most of our problems. And I'm not saying that I would buy it, right? I probably wouldn't have bought it. But at least when my friends go, oh, you're afraid it's all, it's all covered with snow, I could have gone, yeah, I could have, you know what? I could have got the package. Oh, what package? Oh, the package is the heat tape. And it would just melt everything right off the vehicle. And look, 
I get it. If Tesla doesn't want to do that, if they're like, look, if you live in some crazy cold sure. places, we're not going to take care of you. Yeah. That's fine. But then just be open about it and say, these cars are not meant for those places. Elon has said, and Tesla has said, these cars are going to do great in Norway. They're going to do great in cold climates. And, and like when they did the Model S, it worked. They made the, the door handle so it would punch through the ice. It's not to say that there weren't some problems sometimes, but yeah, they designed it seemingly with that in mind. With the Model 3, oh, you push and you punch and you try and clear the ice off when they have the ability to open the doors automatically so through the I'll, app. Like th- th- that could have been another solution. Oh, we'll just unhitch the door with the app. Of course, that won't roll the window down. And look, this, you know, we walk a fine line, right? Where, uh, you know, you guys are Tesla fanboys. <laughs> Elon can't do anything wrong. Oh, you guys are picking on Tesla all right. the time. Yeah, I guess, yeah, we're we're not trying to be uh, a cult here. Right. We're trying to point out things that we think they can improve. Tesla has smart engineers. All we've tried to point out is that they're working in kind of a warm weather bubble where I think they don't realize they're in California and that there is different weather in the world and that they could do some very simple engineering fixes to fix a lot of our problems. Right. Anyway, I hope that you can hold two ideas in your head and that, you know, we can have a conversation about this. I'm not saying that you're wrong. Um, I'm just saying that it's it's you bring up some excellent points and I, I would want to discuss it a little more. Um, and that's what comment of the week is kind of about. Uh, I'd, I'd love to talk about positive comments, negative comments. Um, but, yeah, it's it's our, our patrons because um, sadly, um, well, you know what? If you're watching and you're one of those people who just doesn't comment that often, you're probably a really nice, smart person. I urge you to write a comment down below about something that was happened in the show. I, I don't just let the dumb people who just uh, oh, I thought something. Let me comment. You do it. I, I want to hear what you have to say. And thank you to all these people going by here. These are our Patreons who support us for $5 or more a month. We do a shout out. You get your name at the end credits. We can't do the show without you. So thank you for being there for us this week. We told you why on Patreon bonus stories. It was so important that you're in our corner. So thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Now, now you know. know. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.